0: Welcome back to Challenge to Call with Max and Avery. I'm your host, Max. And I am Avery. How are you guys? Alright, sorry we're uh, going with a lack of video today. Avery's a little sick. We've been having some issues with cameras and stuff anyway. So, this is just going to be an audio-only episode. But, nonetheless, we're hoping to bring you guys some good content. So, first thing I want to talk about is... Uh, CBS Sportsbook actually set their over-unders for all the NFL teams. And the Bears' over-under for uh, wins this season is set at 7.5. So better than last season. What what was it last season? Like 4.5 they were predicting us? 5.5. 5.5. Well, we both correctly called the under on that one. Uh, I think both of us <laughs> said probably the under. And, well, the Bears won three. So we were right there. This year, though seven and a half, they're upping us. Everyone else is thinking we're going to do better. Um, Avery, how do you feel? What do you think over or under that seven? And a half? Um, I think we still have a long ways to go.
1: Um, I think we we'll, I think we're a seven and ten, eight and nine team. So, like, I think this is kind of like that perfect like middle point for us. Uh, one game goes the other way, other direction. I think we're at eight and nine. We could even be a nine and eight. I think we vary from that six to 11 to nine and eight type of team. Uh, I want to go over. I want to go and uh, I think we're going to go eight and nine, nine and eight type of season. I think uh, Justin Fields, we're going to be like the most surprising team in the uh, end of those uh, Season next year, I think we'll like go in, and I think we'll be like, okay, you know, the Bears are competing for a playoff spot, so I think we're gonna go over.
0: I I agree with you on that. I'm I'm gonna take the over on this. I'm slightly skeptical of it, like you said. um, There's a lot of work to do still. We have all the right pieces, I think now, especially with the draft upcoming too. We're gonna get even more, but. And those people still have to come together and learn how to work with each other. So that's going to be the big thing. But I, I like the over on this. Um, this was posted on our TikTok account. And one of the comments is my favorite. He basically said exactly what you said. They'll hit the over, but it'll be an eight and nine kind of season. And that that's what I'm going for. I'm going for that eight and nine season. Let's just try to keep it right around 500 and I'll be a happy man.
1: I agree 100%. I really do think, you know, with uh, the pieces that we have put in place, uh, that we are going to progress into a better team than, you know, finishing what we finished four and whatever this year, four and 13, three and whatever. So, like, I think we'll get better throughout next year. And I think Justin Fields will age like a fine wine you know, kind of get, keep like getting better as he gets older and he gets smarter throughout the league.
0: And that's a um, good, that's a good point to mention on too, is the, even just getting better throughout the year, like winning, yeah. winning eight games doesn't necessarily mean we come right out the gate and start way. Like we can lose our first four or five, 10, right? even, or not 10. Yeah. We could lose our first like eight <laughs> yeah. and you know, we can win out the rest because like I said, that team needs to come together and learn how to mesh and learn how to work together. It's not, that's not going to just like all magically happen over the next offseason or something. That'll happen throughout the year as they play, as they get more reps. So, yeah, I could easily seeing us go like 0-5 and, and then make a six-game run, be in six and 5 and just continuing from there. Obviously, I haven't looked at our exact schedule, so that's not a like hard, fast prediction. But <laughs> depending on what our schedule is, I could see that somewhat being the case. And I yeah. think you're looking up the schedule. I am
1: looking up the schedule <laughs> right now. Um, but also when I'm looking up the schedule, I wanted to bring up, you mentioned the TikTok. I wanted to thank everybody for all these supporters and everything on TikTok. We're starting to gain a pretty big following on TikTok. So that's cool. Uh, I want this to like, you know, keep going onto our podcast, but Thanks for everybody that, you know, has found us on TikTok and that listens to us on our pod.
0: And shout out to everyone that comments on our TikToks too, positively. Um, I always go through and I like the comments that are my absolute favorite, Um, like spoiler alert. But the comment, I think, of all of the videos as my absolute favorite right now is South Carolina fucked around and found out on our uh caitlin clark tribute <laughs> video absolutely love that that was my favorite comment so shout out to that user
1: <laughs> yeah i love that too that was great <laughs> um you know and then uh all these other fans out there um has uh, been a lot of awesome fans so like let's just keep this going man definitely um, anyway do you have the schedule pulled up now i, I do uh, we start the year with the Detroit lions and they're up. In, that's an upcoming team. Dan Campbell's got a solid squad going. So I, you know, I think the lions will start off hot. Like you mentioned, I think we're going to start off slow. I don't think we're going to start off hot.
0: I, I'm calling that a loss for us. Um, the Packers first game of the season against the, with this new team. Yeah. That's probably going to be a tough one.
1: Yep. And then we, and then we play Green Bay and then, uh, that's a uh, Green Bay list, Aaron Rodgers. So that one could be possible. I think we, I think we beat Green Bay. I, I think we got a good shot that we can beat Green Bay this year.
0: The, what do you the, think? the only part that is questionable to me on that one is that it's week two. Like right. we don't like, we're saying, we're going to use the season. We're going to start building and meshing and coming together, that that's not going to necessarily happen by week two. I mean, they'll have a whole off season, not a whole off season. They'll have a whole preseason camp and like preseason games that they'll kind of come together and be working with each other. And so maybe they'll connect really, really fast and maybe it'll happen quicker than we expect, but I don't know that it, it seems very soon. And I think a part of that is just the fear that the Packers have instilled upon me the past, however long they've been winning over the bears. But I, I think we have a good shot at that one. I do think without Rodgers and with the pieces we have now, whether they're fully connected with each other quite yet or not, I think we have a real good shot.
1: I, I agree hundred percent. And then we got a string of games that I think, you know, if we go two and one in, I think we're going to be fine. Uh, we play Minnesota, Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. I think we can pull off like two out of the three wins against those teams that kind of puts us at like a solid level. Um, Because if we do pull one out against green Bay and we beat the Falcons and the Panthers, you know, then we're sitting at a three and two record.
0: Definitely. Um, Yeah, that'll be, we played Packers week two last year as well, didn't we? Weren't they our second opening game? Yep. Yeah. So hopefully this year will go a little different, but who do we, who do we have
1: week three? Uh, that That's Minnesota. We got Minnesota, Atlanta Falcons and Carolina Panthers. So I, I think if we go two out of three, we win two out of three of those games. Like, I think that's very possible with the Falcons and the Panthers.
0: Yeah. Especially since we just took, some of the best players on the Panthers. <laughs> um I I feel like that won't be too much of an issue there. We kind of just stole half their offense and picks in the draft even. So
1: for sure, 100%. So that's that that would put us at 3 and 2. And then I think we got a couple of hard games. Um uh, I think under Sean Payton, the Broncos will be a lot better. This year, so like I think Russell Wilson will figure things out. So I think they'll have a solid team. Yeah, so I think that'll
0: it, be awesome. It is Russell Wilson still too. Like yeah, he had a very down season with the Broncos last year, but th- this is a man who's won the Super Bowl. Like he, yeah. this is a f- extremely talented quarterback that played with the Seahawks for years. Like he knows how to win, and Denver just needed some little improvements, like you said, Sean Payton being the head coach now. Coaching staffs are huge, so with that kind of a head coach pair up with that caliber of a quarterback, they're they're going to have some success, right? Yeah, I think
1: uh, they're going to be competing for the AFC West now, so that will put us at a three and three record, and then we play the Raiders. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo—that's a toss-up game to me. I think uh, similar skill sets on both sides, similar coaching staff. So I think like, you know, that could be an up and up game, you know, like whoever has the ball at the last minute.
0: That's definitely a really hard one to predict. I mean, obviously the f- later we get into this season, the harder it is to predict just because we haven't seen any of these teams yet at all. Um, but yeah, that one is a real toss up. These teams feel, feel like they're on very similar levels of each other mm-hmm. right now, kind of trying to build, get their pieces together and just see what, See what players can do with each other. So, for for sake of argument, if we call this loss, we go three and four. Yep, and we'll we'll try to do worst case scenario somewhat. <laughs> but and then and then we got
1: Green Bay, and then uh, or we got Detroit, and then Green Bay. Again. So I think you know we we said we would lose the first game of the year to Green uh, Detroit. So let's say we beat Detroit. This because I feel like we always sweep with the Lions. I feel like that's like pretty common occurrence that we always sweep with the Lions, so split one and one. So like that would put us at four and four. What week um,
0: is that Detroit now? Second game?
1: Uh one, two,
0: three, four, five, six. Week eight. Oh, okay. I thought that sounded a lot sooner when we were listening teams, but Okay, week eight. Yeah, I think by that time we'll we'll be starting to feel ourselves mesh. a little bit. We'll be starting to come together as a team and starting to find some success
1: for sure. And then like with the and then we play the Packers. So and then we have a bye week, and then we play Green Bay.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and then I think um, with that, I think we'll lose that one because like I feel like Green Bay will start to mesh with Jordan Love in the later part of the year. And you know, I we never sweep Green Bay. We never sweep Green Bay. Like if we do beat Green Bay, we split. And so I think we'll split this year.
0: Unfortunately, put us, put us at four and five. Then after that, yep. After and then,
1: five. and then we play Kansas City Chiefs. Oh. Uh, four and six. And four and six. We don't gotta really talk about that. And then we play the Los Angeles Chargers. Um. I think that's also a loss. I think
0: that puts us at four and seven. I think that I'll agree with you for now. Like I said, going worst case scenario type of vibes. But when it comes down to it, I'm obviously depending on what we're seeing out of either team uh, in the first nine weeks before this game. That one's another somewhat toss up to me. I think if we're really starting to come together with some of the talent we have, I, I think that one we could reasonably pull out.
1: For sure, I agree. Um, and then Minnesota, for the second time, we counted the first one a loss. So let's we count always win away. Yeah, we'll, we'll say we're five and seven at this point. Um, and then the New Orleans Saints. I think this is a good matchup on both sides. I think uh, we're both similar. It's kind of like the Raiders game. We're kind of similar at like every level of. Uh, Coaching staff to the team, I think we're similar. Um, I think we pulled this one off. This one is in New Orleans, though. So.
0: They're working so. with Derek Carr, right? Derek Carr is yeah. from the Saints. He's uh, not bad, but I think Justin is – Justin's at least definitely more mobile than he is. Yeah. And so I'm hoping that helps because who do Saints have as receivers right now? They have Olave. Uh, Michael Thomas, Thomas. Jawan
1: Johnson, their tight end—they have a good, solid receiving core.
0: Okay. Um, we have a good, solid secondary, so hopefully that'll match up decently.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could count this one a loss for now, if you want to. I mean, i I think this could go either way. I uh, we could be five and eight, or we could be six and eight.
0: This one definitely could go either way. Um. I, I want to count this as a win, though. I, let's let's call us. I, I want to make sure we get to that eight and nine that we're talking about, and I don't know what else is coming up down the road. So let's let's for count sure. that as a win right now. Six okay. and six and so, uh, eight or whatever. We are six and eight, and then we play the
1: Buccaneers, led by Baker Mayfield. Ooh. Um, I think uh, the Bucs, they had a down season with Tom Brady. Baker's not going to be much better. Uh, they're kind of playing for. Uh, quarterback in the draft in 2024 at this point, moving forward, Baker's kind of that stopgap. gap. Uh, I think we pull it off against Tampa Bay.
0: That sounds reasonable to me. I, they don't scare me too much, especially without Brady. Um, I mean, even with Brady, the last season or two, obviously things haven't been going great for them. I, I kind of like Baker. I'm not going to count Baker out as a bad quarterback or anything, but, I I will be hopeful that just, it's so hard to say, like, cause we haven't actually seen this team come together yet. Like a part of me wants to be like DJ Moore, Dante Foreman, Justin Fields, you know, like we've, we've got everybody we could want to get. Like we have an offense, but I haven't seen them play together whatsoever. So it's so hard to tell how they're actually going to be together, but I'm good. I'm good to go six or 7-8 7 and 8 on this. 7 and 8. And then I think the Cardinals,
1: that's a up and up team. I mean, Kyler Murray, wow. that defense. Uh I feel like this is kind of a trap game for us. I feel like we could like go on a little bit of a win streak and then like, you know, uh falter against a team like the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah.
0: This this one is huge because it all depends on when the next Call of Duty game is going to come out. um no yeah this one is a real big toss-up uh who's who's the last game what because what we have two more games after this Yep. what are the last two we got
1: the cleveland browns and the washington commanders
0: okay so we went uh, of the cardinals Browns and Commanders, we win at least one, if not two of those games. So we're at least eight and nine, nine and eight right there. So that's, I I think that's about perfect. I I truly expect that's where we'll be at. I don't know if we just predicted which wins and losses are going to be correct by any means, but I think overall record wise, I, I think we're around eight and nine, maybe nine and eight. If we pull some games out that we maybe like questionably shouldn't.
1: I agree 100%. So I think we're going to end up 16 and 0 or 17 and 0. Uh, I think we're going to beat the Chiefs. I think we're going to beat the Packers twice. No, I'm kidding. That is that's uh, a bold prediction. Justin Fields is going to throw 40 touchdown passes, 5,000 yards, run for 2,000 yards. Oh, man. I got everything.
0: But no, nah. all right. So you heard it here first. we we're, we're going with the over. Uh, if you haven't yet head over to our TikTok um, and vote on whether you think that's going to be the over or under and give us your comments. That one, that video has had a lot of comments. We love your guys's comments. We just want to hear what you think and want to see uh, how we're doing or what your thoughts are and what we're posting. But moving on, we'll get into some big trades that have gone on in the NFL. We'll get away from the bears a little bit. Now we'll just go some overall trades that have happened First one, one of the most important ones in my head. Jalen Ramsey, cornerback from the Rams, is going to the Dolphins for a third-round pick.
1: Um Ramsey...
0: Sorry, go ahead. That's literally
1: nothing. Like, the Rams got nothing in return for Jalen Ramsey.
0: Yeah, I was just about to say, Jalen Ramsey is, like, one of the best corners in the league, and the Dolphins just got him for an absolute steal. Yeah, And you get, like... In my head now too, Dolphins still have Tyreek, don't they? Yep. So you've got Jalen Ramsey practicing on Tyreek Hill every week, or vice versa. That like that's gonna be an iron sharpens iron type of situation. Like those two being able to go head to head, like whenever they want to, whatever sessions they do, like first string versus first string, that's that's gonna be huge on just game prep you know, like they're two super talented players on opposite sides of the ball, getting to practice on each other, like week in and week out. That'll be helpful.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, and like the other thing, with this is is Miami
0: building a super team
1: like I feel like Miami has a lot of superstar players down there now like with Jalen Waddell Tyreek Hill you know yeah Mike Gusecki left but two was pretty big name like Jalen Ramsey uh Deshaun Elliott the free safety they just brought in from Detroit like I think like there's so many other factors to this but and then you think about it these guys all have big personalities. They do big personalities and how often do big personalities clash and fold and like make the team chemistry crumble?
0: That's, that is a good point that you got to have talent all around on a team, but you can only have one to two, what you might call head cases on a team before, stuff starts breaking apart because even look at Tampa Bay with Antonio, Antonio Brown being on there, you've got Mike Evans, you've got Antonio Brown. Um, I don't know who else was a bit of a head case at the top, but just. Gronk,
1: I would say Gronk. Gronk.
0: Yeah, Gronk, Gronk, even though yeah. he wasn't being super successful at the time, uh, his career was tailing off a little bit, but still, yeah. So like you got three, what I would almost call kind of football head cases, showboats, whatever in the game and on the same team like they're going to clash with each other a little bit you know they they all want to be the the star of the show it's like being in a band you can't have a band with four lead singers you know you need your lead guy and then you kind of have your backups they're still yeah, going to be yeah. loved they're still going to do great they're still a crucial part of the overall system but they're not the front runner
1: Yeah, you need your lunch pail type of guys on a team. You need the guys that will shut up, bring your food, you know, and just, you know, do the work. Yeah. You need your grunts. And so, like, I feel like Miami's like, yeah, we don't need all the grunts. Like, because they let go of, like, Mike Gusecki, which is, like, that perfect, like, guy that, you know, you don't hear much out of him. You know, he's one of the best tight ends in the league. And then they let him out of Miami for nothing. And so, yeah, unfortunately, uh, I think this could be like good, re- uh, like good reward, but like it could be risky. It could be it, very risky.
0: It could definitely be risky. It could be very high reward in the next yeah. year or two, but much beyond that, I, I think they're definitely running into some struggles. I think it starts to crumble a little bit. Um, Me too. getting into some of these other trades, Darren Waller, tight end from the Raiders. He's going to the Giants also for a third round pick. Um, he seems like he's a little bit more of a third round pick guy. I'd have maybe given a second for him, but that that's a pretty good deal for the Giants there. Who's the Giants quarterback now? I feel like we talked Daniel about Jones. Daniel Jones. Oh, he's, he is still there. Who else? Yeah. Did, the Giants got somebody free agent wise, didn't they? I swear. They uh,
1: I don't think so. I think Tyrod Taylor re-signed with them as their backup.
0: Interesting. Maybe I'm thinking of the Jets. My New York teams are all, you know, whatever. It's New York. But, um, nah, Dylan Waller to the Giants. I I don't know. I don't have a ton to say about that. Um, Daniel Jones has been looking like a solid quarterback. Like he's been really coming into his role as an NFL starting quarterback. And so I think having another decent receiving threat, especially one as big as Waller, um, will be helpful for them. So maybe, Maybe this is a good key piece to finding some good success. They already had a little success last season, but maybe they're just continuing on that.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think Darren Waller is one of the best tight ends in the league. Um, and for Daniel Jones to have this, and this just goes to show you Brian Dable knows what he's doing in New York. Last year wasn't a fluke for him. Uh, being a great coach, he knows what pieces he needs to make his quarterback successful. I mean, you see what he did as the offense coordinator with Brian, uh, with Josh Allen and bills like Dawson Knox is one of the best tight ends in the league. So, uh, but yeah, no, Darren Waller, I think he'll be really solid. Um, the one thing with this is Josh McDaniels, um, Las Vegas coach, um, he traded Darren Waller like a week after he got married to uh, a Las Vegas Aces player, Kelsey Bloom. Uh, uh, yeah, so like he Darren Waller got married to a Las Vegas Aces WNBA player, Kelsey Bloom, and then Josh McDaniels sends him all the way across the country to New York right after marriage. It's like, man.
0: That's business. That's the NFL, though. It's cutthroat business. That, that's how that's how it goes sometimes. That's just that's the world of sports, honestly. Not just the NFL. Like that—that that is the world of sports. Um, few few more trades here, real quick before we have to move on. We got Elijah Moore, wide receiver from the Jets, going to the Browns. Jets are getting a second round pick, and they're swapping third round picks. I don't know exactly how far apart their third round picks are, but I mean. I'm sure it's decent enough that that makes it worthwhile. But I think this is a good move. Um, Even just for the Jets, having a second round pick, um, they have Aaron Rodgers now as their quarterback. Uh, With that second round, they can get him a little bit of firepower. They can get somebody to throw to. Because I don't know exactly who they have all as receivers. I know they have uh, Brees Hall as a back. So, like, they've got a solid back there in New York. But I don't know who their receivers are.
1: Well the reason they're trading Elijah Moore is because they just signed McCole Hardman and Alan Lazard and Randall cunning uh Randall Cobb ah. so they're they signed like a surplus of uh, receivers
0: so they don't need them uh, anymore
1: yeah which makes Elijah Moore expendable and so they sent him to Cleveland for that reason um, because they wanted Aaron Rodgers wanted his guys for sure. In. And Alan Mansard and Randall Cobb are his guys. And um, I mean McCole Hardman is just kind of a better version of Elijah Moore, I would say. And so, like, with him signing over there also that helps a lot for New York. But this is a lot for the Jets to do when Aaron Rodgers has not been yet traded officially.
0: Yes, that'll so, be that'll be interesting to see when exactly that's gonna Gonna hit, but regardless, hey, we got they got two Iowa State boys over there. I got Brees Hall and they got Alan Lazard.
1: Yeah, no kidding. The New York Cyclones. Yeah,
0: maybe maybe we need to start watching the Jets a little bit.
1: <laughs>
0: right. Um, another trade: wide receiver Brandon Cooks from the Texans. He's going to the Cowboys. Um, the Texans are getting a fifth round pick and a sixth round in the twenty twenty four draft. Um, I haven't heard much of Brandon Cooks lately, have you? I feel like he's dropped off a little bit.
1: Um, I think he just dropped off because he was on the Houston Texans.
0: <laughs> the arguably um, worst team in the league.
1: Yeah, I think, like, that's the biggest reason he dropped off. But he was Davis Mills' number one guy, his go-to target. So I think, like, that's probably why. Uh, the funny thing with this one is he doesn't have to leave the state of Texas. I mean, he's just going from Houston to Dallas. Here you hey, go. That's like the perfect
0: uh, trade right there. You know, like, oh, I'll still stay around close. I'm still in the air. Like nothing drastic has to change for me, really. Just going to a much in- better team. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, and like this is gonna help out Dak Prescott. I mean, like they've been struggling with CD Lamb, and like CD Lamb's like one of the best, but like they needed another receiver, and so Brandon Cooks over there, that's gonna vary. That's gonna help out a little.
0: Definitely, I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before, but as far as receivers go, it takes two. You can't have one yeah. stellar receiver and not have a second at least real solid guy because then teams are just going to double cover, triple cover that one receiver. And just no, they're, they're not worried about anybody else. You need to give teams a little bit of a dual threat so that those DBs actually get put into a bit of a bind.
1: For sure. I agree.
0: Um, last trade we'll talk about. We got John U. Smith tight end from the Patriots. He's going to the Falcons. Patriots are getting a seventh round pick for him. Um, yeah, I've honestly never heard of this. T- I I don't really pay attention to Patriots or the Falcons, really for that matter. So I don't even know who this is. <laughs> yeah,
1: John O. Smith. He was good in Tennessee. He was really good in Tennessee. He signed a big contract with New England a couple of years ago when he uh, after he kind of broke out for the Titans, and he just uh, didn't perform with Hunter Henry over in New England because you know how Bill likes to run the two tight end sets. Well he never really panned out as that second tight end over there. And so now he'll be a solid backup for uh, Kyle Pitts down in Atlanta. So hopefully it works out for him down there.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully that work. one of the coaches I work with is a Falcons guy. And so more, more power to him. I think he thinks they're going to be pretty decent this year. He's a Titans and a Falcons kind of guy, and he thinks that they're going to flip-flop. He thinks the Falcons are going to start outpacing how the Titans were. But with that being said, we will move on from our football talk and we will get into some March madness that has been going on. Uh, We've got quite a bit to recap. We're going to talk men's and women's tournament a little bit here, starting with the men's tournament in the Elite Eight. We had number three, Kansas State versus number nine, FAU. FAU pulled off the upset once again, uh, winning 79 to 76. Uh, I believe it was you that said last week that karma was coming back for Kansas state uh, on Noel's last second layup. That seems slightly unnecessary.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, FAU man. And uh, what a game that was I mean, like FAU proved to everybody that you do not need to be a power five school to perform this well in college basketball tournaments. Like this is like one of the biggest things with that. So yeah, karma came back.
0: Yep. And, uh spoiler alert, but we'll talk a lot more about it later, but they almost did it again. They were almost in the championship. So just an absolute wild ride by a nine seed. But, um, next game, we got number three, Gonzaga versus number four, Yukon Yukon <laughs> won that one, 82 to 54. Um, really just shut down the Zags was like, they do not deserve to be here. They should go away. Um, That was the last three seed with those two, three seeds. It was the last three seeds out of the tournament. We'll get into number two, Texas lost to Miami later, but this is effectively the round when all the one, two, and three seeds were out of the running, which is absolutely why it's mad. That truly is March madness right there.
1: Yeah, 100%. I, I think like just like Gonzaga losing to UConn and by that big deficit was like insane to me. Uh, San Diego State, I think that was a bullshit call at the end of the game on Creighton. Creighton should have won.
0: Okay, yep, next game we have number five San Diego State versus number six Creighton. Um, San Diego State won that one 57-56, super last-minute game. Um, th- those are the games that yeah, you really have to question when it's only by a point like that. It's it's like should the team that won have actually won the game?
1: Yeah, I that Creighton should be in the final four. I still believe Creighton should be in the final four because of that game. Uh, maybe that's just yep. me being and, a homer. Yep.
0: Yeah, and that's. I mean, you got to have those biases too. I'm I'm kind of with you on that. I know I said I thought San Diego State would have won it against Creighton. Um, actually watching the game, seeing kind of what it came down to and whatnot, I feel like either one of them easily could have gone on to continue. Um, and like I said, we'll get into the San Diego State FAU game, but it, it's almost the same thing. That was also a one point game. It was also a very last second shot, and it also brings in my should the person that made the last minute shot actually have deserved to move on. But last game in this elite eight round, we had number five Miami versus number two Texas. This is the game that actually pissed me off a lot because it was my last chance for uh, my bracket to win our little coaches tournament that we did. I had Texas in the championship game. Uh, the coach that would have won it all had Texas winning so he would have gotten first place but I could have at least gotten second I was happy with that but Miami won it 88 to 81 firmly knocked Texas off and my dreams of coming anywhere near the top two in that tournament um this comes down to exactly like we said last week Texas they had a lead Texas was up and you know they were kind of blowing them out a little bit I wouldn't say blowing out necessarily but it came down to being a close game. And exactly like we said last week, we hadn't seen Texas play a close game. And turns out when things did come down to the very last second, Miami was the one that knew how to finish.
1: I agree. Yeah. Um, and Miami's kind of tried to finish all year. Uh, I mean, like every game of the tournament, round 64, or 32. Uh, Sweet 16 they've had to finish like they've had to pull out some type of stretch in the end of the game to come out on top. And, you know, when Texas was hit with that adversity, it just, you know, they weren't ready for it
0: at that time. Definitely. And to continue on with Miami now in our final four games, we had um, Miami versus UConn. UConn did manage to win that one 72 to 59, which, Sounds like a pretty bad beating, especially for a semifinal game. But you got to think, too, that this is UConn's closest game or like closest win. They've won every game by 15 or more points. Like one game was by 15. Every other game was like 20 or more points in the tournament. And so Miami actually kept a decent close run on them. They, you know, they fought down to the last minute.
1: UConn's starting to give me that team of destiny vibes. Like, just the way they've like played in this tournament. I think UConn is going to be your national chance at some point.
0: Uh, I would have to agree with that because the next game we have, San Diego State versus Florida Atlantic. San Diego State won it 72 to 71. This, this was a real last second jumper, like, clock ticking down ball goes in the air right as the buzzer is hitting and boom, it just happens to land. I, It broke my heart a little bit. I was I was honestly really, really excited to have a nine seed in the championship game. That would have been absolutely stellar. This is the first time a nine seeds even been in the final four. So I was a little disappointed with it. Um, and yeah, I think there's no question that UConn, UConn is winning this whole thing from this point on.
1: I mean, so you got a five and a four in the national championship game. That is insane to me. Like, you never see that. That is on Monday night, and so that will be exciting to see and watch. Um, I really didn't focus on the guys too much this week. Um, I didn't watch uh, many of – I watched the end of uh, Miami versus UConn, but by that point, you know, UConn had firm control of the game, so I was like, okay, well – but. Yeah, I really wish I wouldn't have missed the S D U versus uh, F
0: A U. Yeah, that one, that one was an absolutely crazy one. Um, but yeah, I I watched a decent amount of these games, but I was definitely a lot more into the women's tournament games, being as our Iowa Hawkeyes are in the women's tournament, playing in the championships, and so, uh, we'll start from the elite eight round. Elite Eight, they played Louisville. Louisville was 26 and 11 record wise. Um, they had Haley Van something, can't remember her name. <laughs> Do you remember it? I don't. Uh... Okay, well, Van Lift. Um, Haley, Louisville's Haley Van, L- Van Lift. Um, her and Caitlin Clark actually used to play together back when they were doing. I don't know what it is exactly. It wasn't like a youth. It was like a like a club basketball type team. They're on some kind of travel team with each other.
1: Yeah, I actually didn't know that until you just brought that up. Uh, that's actually kind of cool, you know, to see you know two teammates playing together. And what was it? The Sweet Sixteen at that Elite point? Eight. No, Elite Eight.
0: Yeah, Elite and, Eight. And uh, little- and their head coach. Is Louisville's head coach right now? Like Hanley has the same head coach. Caitlin Clark was playing against their head coach back in that like travel team days.
1: That is cool. That is really cool. I mean, like you think about it, and like Louisville did give him a good, good fight. Like for a lot of the game, it was a good fight, back and forth, back
0: and forth. So it was. It was a super good game. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> it was really entertaining. I enjoyed watching it. Iowa won ninety seven to eighty three. This is the game that Caitlin Clark became the first play. Yep. Became the first player in the NCAA women's tournament history to have a forty point triple double. <laughs> I mean, she was the first to even have a thirty point triple double, but by the end of the game she had to just, you know, knock off those last couple points and make it a forty point triple double. That is absurd.
1: Caitlin Clark is the long lost splash sister of Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. I I don't have any other better word to say it. Long lost uh, splash sister. She can hit from anywhere on the field. Like she's just incredible, man. She's like one of the. And note to self: like this was Iowa's first Final Four appearance since 1993. This,
0: that's the next game. The next game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Next, yeah. But winning this game led us to our first Final Four since 1993. That's insane.
0: And this is only the beginning of all the accolades that we can talk about with Clark. Like, there's definitely more to come. I don't even know if I have them all listed here. Because I just feel like each and every day, each and every week, I'm seeing some new record or first or something that they're giving to her. So we're going to try to touch on as many as I can. But no, yeah, she is absolutely phenomenal. Just insane. Next game, the semifinals, final four, we have Iowa versus undefeated South Carolina. This is the one I thought we were done for. I know when we made our women's tournament bracket, we actually had Iowa losing in this game. South Carolina is undefeated. They are tall and they know how to play basketball. But, um, so like I was saying last week, I was worried that beyond Caitlin Clark, Our players wouldn't be able to match up with their players. And so I was afraid they would have a lot of success shutting down Clark and just letting everyone else kind of, you know, not be as great, but that was not very successful. Caitlin Clark, once again, went off. I know she, oh, she had another 40 points. She had back-to-back 40 point games in the NCAA women's tournament. She's the first player to ever do that. Um, scored 40 on them. The total points Iowa had was 77. This game was 177 to thir- 73. Clark had 41 of those points herself and she assisted on another like 20 of them at least. Absolutely insane. Uh, there was something else about this game that I was gonna mention. I can't think about it, but did you see any of this game? What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I watched this. Uh, I watched this game. In the fourth quarter, she uh, assisted on every single point in the fourth quarter, either assisted or scored on every single point in the fourth quarter. Caitlin Clark is just insane. Uh, I mean, we've already said that so many times, uh, but yeah. And then, like going against South Carolina, like that team is amazing. Like. South Carolina, you could tell it took every ounce of Iowa to win that game. We got out rebound 28 rebounds to six.
0: That's what I was going to mention
1: 28 28 rebounds to six, and we still pulled offensive. When you get, I
0: I believe, offensively,
1: offensively, yeah. When you get out rebound like that, that is insane. But how do you pull it off? Because you got a phenomenal player like Caitlin Clark carrying your team.
0: Definitely. That that truly, truly just comes down to offensive efficiency. <laughs> um, I remember they showed that stat somewhere in the fourth quarter at the time it was twenty-eight to like three offensive or twenty-three to three offensive rebounds. And that blew my mind. I didn't realize it was that Because I've said it multiple times. I don't know if I've talked about it a lot on the pod, but my biggest basketball philosophy is rebounds win game, especially offensive rebounds. That's one of the things that made the men's team in Iowa so good last year and even a little bit-ish this year. um, They toyed with it a bit. They weren't as successful as last year. But it was offensive rebounds. It was second-chance shots. Um, But when it came down to it, South Carolina had a lot of offensive rebounds, but their second chance shots still didn't fall. And Iowa didn't have any offensive rebounds, but that's mostly due to the fact that every time Iowa had the ball, they were scoring. <laughs> so yeah, me too. that's just, that is one of those stats that looks completely lopsided. But then when you look at the score, you're like, wait, what? That's talent right there. Um, another, another accolade to Caitlin Clark, a little more random after these couple games. She's the first division one player in the NCAA to record 900 plus points and 300 plus assists in a single season. First play, not in the tournament, just in first player in the NCAA. Like she is absolutely phenomenal. She also won the player of the year award. I forget what exactly it's called, but it's the NCAA women's player of the year award. She won that. Um, and like I said, there's just a million other things that she's either won or been accredited to, and I there's I can't even mention them all. There's just too many. She's absolutely phenomenal. She's an amazing basketball player, and honestly, I'm gonna watch her play in the WNBA. I know she's got a season left in college, but like when she gets to the NB, WNBA, I'm gonna watch that. <laughs> like I can't not you know consume more Caitlin Clark basketball. I think she's gonna bring a whole new fan
1: base and a whole new demographic to the WNBA that we have not seen yet like to the WNBA. And like people mention all the tom- all the time, like, is the WNBA, Why doesn't it grow? Like why doesn't it get enough fans? Like why don't they get paid as much as the NBA? Well, they don't have as many superstars and I feel like Caitlin Clark is that superstar. The whole country has resonated with Caitlin Clark.
0: Well, and it like you're saying, I our friend Nick and I were actually just talking about this last night after watching the semifinal game um or a couple of nights ago after watching the semifinal game, but part of the reason that WNBA doesn't have as much money and as much like it it's partially the superstars like you're saying and they'll help, but the problem is fan base. Like that like women and men alike, they don't watch the WNBA. So maybe someone like Caitlin Clark coming into the W NBA being that superstar drawing those fans in that's where the money's going to come from because you can't just pay people money out of thin air it has to come right. from somebody supporting the league supporting the system so more bigger fan base people buying Caitlin Clark jerseys people buying merchandise that's where that money that those players get paid comes from so her, her addition to the WNBA could easily grow the league just immediately.
1: Yeah, I agree. And another player like that, Caitlin Clark, played against Aaliyah Boston. She's another player that could help grow the WNBA. I think it's going to be in good hands because Aaliyah Boston was all over that court also. She was also the Naismith uh, Player of the Year last year. So, like, she is also incredible. She's a senior. She was five. She's the one that Caitlin Clark did that little juke and, like, did that floater against. Uh, but, no, she had a great game, too. Uh, she ended with the 18 points, 10 rebounds, and three assists. Uh, but so I think those two, the WNBA, are in great hands, like, when they both are in the league. And I think, you know, they're going to think back to, like, this game in the final four and be like this is where it started this rivalry type
0: of game if they have a rivalry they could be on the same team you don't even know yeah
1: no kidding yeah back to- <laughs> uh, but yeah Aliyah boston is projected to be the first round pick this year uh, of the WNBA draft which makes a hundred percent like caitlin clark's not coming out this year She's coming back to Iowa. So, you know, congrats to her. And congrats to South Carolina as a whole. They had a hell of a two-year stretch. Hell of a two-year stretch.
0: Definitely. And I'm sure, I'm sure they'll still be successful again next year as well. Um, as should Iowa with Clark still being around, hopefully. So we'll see yeah. how that goes. But moving on with this year, um, Iowa will now play in the championship game against LSU, the three-seed. Um, that game's actually going to happen here in a couple hours. So this episode will probably come out after the game, but Hey, you know, people aren't going to listen until Monday anyway. Right. Um, yeah, no, uh, LSU, they have a
1: really uh, good stud to themselves and Angel Reese. Uh, she's one of the best college basketball players in the country. So, um, she actually has the most NIL deals than any men or women's player in the NCAA basketball right now. That's so that's kind of – yeah. Um, but, yeah, Angel Reese uh, versus Caitlin Clark. We'll see who comes out on top. I know I got a buddy that's a diehard LSU fan that he is uh, very pumped. He's like, did you ever think our two teams would play each other in a national championship game? And I was like, not in football. <laughs> Speaking. <laughs> football, I wanted to mention, uh, Caitlin Clark has had scored more points in the March Madness tournament 230, uh, 238 than Iowa football team did in their whole season in
0: 2022. And that is, that is something why. I mean, obviously, you score more points in basketball than in football, ideally, but like it- that should but we're talking a single player and just in the tournament game. That's that's how many, 64, 32, 16, 8, 4. That's like five games so far, five or six games, has outscored the entire football team. That's embarrassing.
1: Let's just put Kalen Clark in like strong safety. I mean,
0: the def- why not? No, 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 no. The defense is not the problem. We don't want yeah, her at right. strong safety.
1: Let's put... Let's put her at running back, quarterback. Yeah, we need. She could probably play better than Spencer Petrus. <laughs> I mean, the thing is with her, she actually has the it factor.
0: Yeah. Hey, the way the way she um, throws around those assists in basketball, I I could believe she'd have decent success getting a football to a receiver down the field.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm glad that we're kind of talking about this dynamic. We mentioned before like who are the top five players of all time at the University of Iowa, regardless of sports. For what Caitlin Clark has done for the city of Iowa City and the state of Iowa, she has to be number one on the list. She has to be the number one player to ever play at the the university of iowa i don't care if regardless of sport
0: she is the number one player ever i think you'd have to go you'd have to really do some research in the past um because you'd have guys like hayden fry (laughs) that um you would have to start drawing in a little bit of a comparison between uh clark is most definitely top three at this she's the most recent obviously and she's definitely cracking the top three. She could even easily be number one. I don't know. I would just want to do a little more research into some of the the past days, uh, like with someone like Hayden Fry or something, or um, other national championships Iowa has won. Because I mean, in wrestling, obviously, Iowa's was won a lot of national championships. It's a pretty popular sport in Iowa, and so that could give some people a little more run for their money, but I definitely get what you're saying. She's absolutely phenomenal. And she's changed the game of basketball. Um, Yeah, this I'm super curious to see this one. I am definitely going to be sitting down and intently watching this game. Um, That being said, how do you think this game is going to go? What are your predictions? Uh, I think Iowa pulls it off and it's going to be
1: enough. It's going to be another grind, man. It's going to be another grind it out because I was shorter than LSU also. They have the size advantage. Uh, once again, uh, SEC is a tough division. And this is a Tiger team. They only lost two games in the SEC.
0: I forgot to ask you too, what uh, what year is LSU's uh, player? Is she a senior, junior? Angel Reese is a because that's the bit like uh, to get into my side. I I think Iowa wins this game. I'm fairly confident that we win this game. Uh, there was nobody else in this tournament that really scared me outside of South Carolina. South Carolina was about the only team that I thought, oh yeah, we're probably not going to make it past them. Um, they have the number one player, number one senior, I should say. Uh, for, like you said, first round prospect, for the WNBA draft if Caitlin Clark can take on her and come out on top I don't I'm not worried about her and LSU's player this is only a sophomore only a sophomore okay so only a sophomore and the only
1: two teams that LSU has lost to this year schedule is oh my gosh uh sorry they demolished their first game uh
0: I imagine South Carolina was probably one of those games, if not both. Uh, yeah. So their
1: scores this year so far have been the only teams that they lost to, South Carolina 88-64, to February 12th, and South Carolina 74-71.
0: Yep. to And start. so I know it doesn't always perfectly work out this way, But obviously, South Carolina beat LSU twice. Remind me who just beat South Carolina. South Carolina's (laughs) only loss in the entire season, in the past like 40-something games. Not only just the only loss this season, but of the past like 46 games that they've played, this was their first loss. Uh, We effectively broke their streak, um, and now we're coming for LSU. I, I feel pretty good about this game. I'm not concerned
1: i think it'll be tougher than you think but yeah i i am going with iowa i mean they have only lost two times this whole year and it was yeah to south carolina iowa has lost six times this year but we are hot so i mean you know you think you really get down like sec is the better uh women's uh basketball conference so like you really get down to the nitty-gritty, like it's going to be a hard game to predict, but yeah, I'm going to go with the of course you got to go with
0: the Yeah, I the reason I feel so confident about it is because it's not like we barely beat South Carolina. I mean, it was a close score and everything, don't get me wrong, but when you look at who was leading that game, Iowa led 90% of the game. It wasn't like we got down and made any kind of comeback or had a last second shot to win the game. Like the game arguably didn't come down into the very, very kind of final anything. Iowa had a lead like a two or three point, at least lead almost the entire game. Um, so this wasn't like a barely one type of situation. This wasn't like a, Oh, nine out of 10 times. It's going to be South Carolina. Like to me, this was, a truly won by the better team type of game. Um, And so pending anything disastrous, like the opposite effect, you know, nine out of 10 times Iowa beats LSU pending that one out of 10 time occurring. I think Iowa wins this game. The only thing that would slightly concern me is there were times in the South Carolina game that I thought Iowa was just flat out getting outworked. Um, There were balls on the ground or just, um, South Carolina would maybe knock a ball away a little bit. I will play. I'm referring to Caitlin Clark. It happened one time. Uh, Caitlin Clark gets a ball poked out, turns around, starts to walk after it to regain her dribble. South Carolina player is down on the floor and throws it like into another player before she can hardly get there. Like that's an effort play. Like they were getting out hustled for a little bit of that game, which I also think is a good thing going into this LSU game because now they have it in their heads. Hey, we're here now. We got to work. We can't get out hustled. Like we almost did in that South Carolina game. We got to work. We got to hustle. We got to make every play we can. So I, I feel good about this game. I really do. For sure.
1: I agree. Yeah. I think um, it's going to be a great game. It starts at two thirty today. So very excited for that.
0: But Um, transitioning from college basketball here a little bit, uh, speaking of Iowa players and having success beyond college, I just wanted to shout out Keegan Murray set the three-point record for rookies this season, 188 three-pointers, um, and he did it all while shorting, shooting 40%. Uh, so it's not like he was just jacking a bunch up and, you know, missing half of it. Like you made 40%. And he broke the rookie three-point record. That I I was super proud to see that. I, I knew Keegan Murray was good. I really liked him. Obviously, there's a reason he went very early in the NBA draft. But I don't know if I ever would have imagined that he would find this much success right away at the next level like that.
1: Yeah, he's been uh, single-handedly carrying the Kings. Like they're such a young team, and with Keegan Murray there, they're actually really fun to watch. And I think there's a lot of success for years to come with Keegan Murray and the Kings. Definitely.
0: And the Kings have uh, they've clinched a playoff spot, so they're definitely in. As as well as the Bucks, the Bucks have actually clinched their division win. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> that championship game, it's coming. It's
1: coming. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, the East is very weak. Uh, You guys got a lot to get through the West, but it, it could be there. You, you know, you're
0: right. All right. Well, that being said, uh, I think that concludes everything we got to talk about today. So um, please go support our TikTok, you know, go like our videos, leave your comments, all that jazz. Um, Instagram too. go to YouTube, like, and subscribe whatever you guys want to do, however you want to listen, however you want to interact with us, interact with us. We want to hear from you guys.
1: For sure. I just wanted to say a couple of things too. Um, I know this probably wasn't my best performance today uh, with me being under the weather. Uh, but I appreciate you guys like sticking around, listening and hearing me sound nasally and congested and me almost dying. But, uh, I just got one thing to say. Bear down!